2020 podcast predictions and what does it mean to have a hit movie on Netflix? This is episode 97 of Media Unplugged, the podcast that goes behind the spin to reveal what's really happening in media. Media Unplugged with Tom A. Sacker and Mark Ramsey. Welcome to Media Unplugged. I'm Mark Ramsey. And I'm Tom A. Sacker. Hey, Mark, I was wondering, is this our year-end podcast? Yes, this is our uh, Christmas, our, our It's a Wonderful Pod uh, celebration. That's right. And, this is and our we're last ni- of the year. And we're at 97. We can't squeeze three more in before now and the end of the year? Uh, to not, get to if my life, not if my life depended on it. No. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so, that would require going weekly, Tom, and we're going to have a conversation about that later. That's true. All right. 2020 podcast predictions. So, Tom, this is a piece from uh, Steve Pratt, really good guy, Steve Pratt, uh, on uh, Medium. And the the worst thing about this piece, I have to say, I mean, it's very ambitious, but anytime I open a piece and it says 24-minute read, you know, I inventory all the things I can do with 24 minutes of my life. And not surprisingly, there are a lot more that are better than this. Um, and it's nothing against Steve. It's just, you know, 24 minutes of reading a piece on Medium is like, nah, I won't get, I get that it. back. But you know, he wanted to do the 20 predictions for 2020. That's I, why. <laughs> yes, I, 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 shockingly, I put that together. Um, so, anyway, let's let's touch on. on it should some have been of called twenty twenty twenty. Wait a minute. It should have been twenty. Your brand mind. Your your brand mind is working in overdrive, Tom. And interestingly, we're spending more time talking about the branding of this piece than we actually spent All reading right, it. Fine, go ahead. Because we both, I said to you, Tom, did you finish this piece? And you said, Hell no, I didn't finish the piece. And I said, Well, I didn't either. But anyway, All right. so uh, here's some of the and there are two categories of observations in this piece from, and this is a a, a collection of you know ne'er do wells and and prophets uh, in the podcast space. Um, giving their predictions for next year. And, uh, you know, these kind of give me a prediction for next year things are always specious. But nevertheless, there are two categories. One is an actual uh, a glimmer of insight. And the other is <laughs> just a load of crap, you know, <laughs> just a load of like vague, you know, let's extend the present by two seconds and, and end up being right vaguely crap. So here's the first point, which I think illustrates the latter. Number one, Apple and Spotify. The platform wars intensify. Yes, I could have predicted that, Tom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, the the co-founder of Chartable, which is... Chartable is a great site, by the way. Chartable is a great service. They give you all kinds of metrics for your shows. Unfortunately, I said to a friend of mine who works over there, I said, you know, I like to check the metrics for my show, but you force me to read the latest uh, reviews of my show. I don't want to see the reviews just to see the metrics. That's like, it's like wading through your social media feed in order to get to the Nielsen ratings. You know, exactly. it's not uh, anyway. Um, so uh, he said, we predict that Spotify will reach at least 25% listener share by the end of 2020, which is, which is notable. And I, I, I think that's true. I think Spotify really has a great leg up um, on uh, Apple in a lot of ways in the new year. And um, I think they're going to grow uh, significantly, even though, you know, uh, it, it, it's 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 not a big deal to predict that, because I think we would all assume that going into the year. Correct. Well, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it unless they have a particular some particular content that moves you over there, aren't people on autopilot with with Amazon? I mean, with Apple right now? I mean, I am. I just open up that 
you know, the, the pod, the little podcast app and I start searching or listening. Let me answer that because that's a great question. I think the answer is no for two reasons. Reason number one is that the growth in podcasting isn't necessarily coming from more podcasts consumed by the same people. It's coming from more new people coming to the platform. And the question is, are those people going to come for the same old reasons we came years ago? Are they going to come for new reasons at new times to new places? And I think it's going to be the latter. Okay, that's fair. And and then the second point is that Spotify is has a commitment to um, to uh, to specialize to their, to their own um, um, uh, original programming. Yeah, I've, so, I've noticed that. I saw something last week, and I said, "Well," and I looked on the Apple Podcast app. I couldn't find it. I said, "What the hell is this thing?" And then yeah, I went online, we did, and it says it's only on Spotify. That's right. And when we did the undercovers, that was exclusively on Apple. So. These exclusives happen, you know, that you have to weigh the costs and benefits of these things. But in general, it depends on, you know, the overall nature of the deal going in, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. But, you know, Spotify is intent on on having these originals uh, just like uh, Apple is, just like uh, Audible is, quite frankly, and, right. and, you know, Stitcher and others. So that's the answer to your question. Um, here's another observation. <laughs> Apple will, at the very least makes some major content announcements and hires during 2020. Tom, you know, I, <laughs> the jury rests, you know. That's such a shocking prediction. Well, Didn't impress like, me very much. Well, you got to get a few right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's one from uh, that I liked. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next year or two, Spotify was on par with or surpassing Apple for market share. And I, I think, you know, this person predicts more short-run series, more short five- to ten-minute pods, more focus on individual episodes versus feeds in podcast playlists. Um, in other words, more variety, more of everything. I think anytime you predict more of everything in a, in a burgeoning space, your prediction will invariably be correct. Apple Podcasts will continue to decrease in market share unless they make significant changes to their service. I think that's wrong in this respect. Uh, I think they're going to continue to decrease in market share no matter what they do. Right. I just well, think the other guys are just getting smarter. The other guys are getting bigger. Uh, and it's, it's, it's like saying, you know, unless radio improves, radio is going to continue to lose uh, listening time to other platforms. Well, you know, Radio is the big kid on the big hill. There's so much to lose. Um, and the other guys have, 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 are so small by comparison that um, uh, it's too easy for radio to lose. As a result, there's nothing they can do but lose. See what I mean? No, of course I see what you mean. I mean, they, they were general motors back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely right. You, can't, you, can, you can improve, you can uh, you know, strengthen, but, you, but you're going to lose no matter what. Here's another point. Consolidation continues. <laughs> okay. Shocking. Although I like the first quotation they have here is from our friend Tom Webster. You know Tom. Yes. And Tom, what's great about Tom is that not only is he a smart guy, but he knows the difference between insight and bullshit. <laughs> and, and here's how he phrases this. Quote, here's an easy one. Continued consolidation. And he's exactly right. He's right Continued consolidation, and he's right. Here's an easy one. That's what I love about Tom. Well, so, look, yeah. Mark, I mean, you know, it, pe people are going to want to aggregate these uh, 
large numbers so that they can sell to the these you know algorithmic buyers of mass advertising. It's, it just has to happen. Well, I think one of the interesting things that I'm seeing is someone who's trying to sell content into the space. Mm. You know, I've kind of have an interesting vantage point because I'm not a hobbyist, except for this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. That makes me feel great. <laughs> except for this show. No, I mean, I'm 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 not a, a hobbyist. I'm I'm say you're an amateur, an amateur, because that the I'm, root of that means you you love this. Well, you know, I would like to think you can be an am a pro. <laughs> <laughs> Or a pro tour, uh, one or the other. But no, I'm trying to sell content into the space. So, you know, what the space is buying, why they're buying it, who's buying it, um, the difference between the the ad-supported guys that are buying stuff and the non-ad-supported guys, the subscription guys that are buying stuff, uh, and the fact that what they're buying and why they're buying it changes almost on a weekly basis. It's really quite remarkable. And I do think it's true that we'll see continue, continue consolidation. At the same time, here's a prediction. I think we're going to see surprising people open up shop in this space uh, because the thing that one one uh, one of the uh, predictions in here that I saw said, you know, we're going to see um, major media brands buying, you know, some of these podcast platforms, the Stitchers, the the Wonderies and so on. Right. I don't know if that's necessarily true. And and here's why. Because the advantage that those platforms have over the platforms that don't have their advantage, that advantage is distribution power, the ability to push shows into ears right. quickly, easily, effectively, and on a, at a decent cost. Well, you know, the major media platforms, Disney, for example, does not have a problem pushing content into people's ears. Right. Um, I would think, I mean, Disney's already investing in some of these platforms, but I don't know that it's necessary for Disney to turn around and buy these platforms. I would think Disney would be better off hiring a, a room full of people and saying, here's our portfolio of content. Uh, go create some great content. Rather than do deals with every existing podcast platform. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The Disney podcast platform, what's the difference between that and Disney Plus over the top? I mean, it's, that's like, you know, it's the same kind of analogous way of thinking. So I think it's perfectly feasible that Disney could say, we want a room full of 100 people. Uh, creating audio content built around our our um, uh, portfolio of assets, isn't that reasonable? Yeah, look, why, a, a lot. Why of this, would they uh, need to buy somebody? Why would they need to go out and buy a shop that exists when you're only Disney? only if that content is, you know, you know, the the content that Disney owns on the video content side. This is these are properties that that have a real long shelf life, right? Apparently. Right. I don't think these podcasts have that length of shelf life. No. I'm well, not... <laughs> okay. So, no, you, you, you're right. I mean, it, they're more one-offs. They're more limited series. They're more, you know, or they're star-driven, always-on shows. Or um, they're topical. Or they're topical, right? Or they're to Well, topical tend to be, you know, star-driven, always-on shows or the topical right. ones. And, uh, and, and no, I mean, you're right. So, in my mind, the value of a podcast operation from, say, a Disney is that it helps drive the <clears throat> the overall value proposition for their portfolio, their bundle of assets. Right. So in other words, if I can use a podcast to help you see a Disney movie or a Pixar movie or a Marvel movie uh, or a Lucasfilm movie, then um, that's a really smart use of resources. And when you consider the fact that from a marketing standpoint, once the trailer for the new Star Wars movie comes out, um, 
and the stars are interviewed by everybody who's anybody, there's no more content in the marketplace. Exactly. There's nothing else there to kind of promote the uh, the film other than the general buzz that's already in the market, which for a Star Wars movie is a lot, right. but for a lot of other movies is not so much. So um, I think, uh, in my mind, the ability to say, let's create some you know independent audio that allows us to drip out content to people in advance of or after uh, a tentpole uh, enters the movie theater, which is the most valuable time in its life cycle, that's where the value of podcasting comes in for a brand like that. And I don't need Pandora, and I don't need Spotify, right. and I don't need Apple. Well, I need Apple to carry the, the pod, but I don't need Apple to produce it. I don't need Wondery. Um, that's what I need. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of sense. So I guess my prediction would be that these big brands open up their own shop, which, interestingly, uh, I guess NBC Universal just recently did. So that's uh, something we're going to see more of in the new year. Agreed. Um, all right. Let's see. Let me. Let's. Any of these stand out to you, Tom? That you want to touch on, and then well, I'll touch I mean, on a couple more in the time uh, we yeah, have. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that really hit me, and and I didn't see anybody making a big deal about it. So maybe I'm missing something, and you can tell me about it. But on the major new players end. Ah, I'm glad you brought that up. Go ahead. Yeah. I don't see why people don't see YouTube as someone who could blow this whole thing wide open. I mean, look, they've got the platform, right? They have a way of paying content creators. They, they, can, they know how to inject ads in things if they want to. All they have to do if they wanted to blow everyone away is enable that background play without needing to subscribe to YouTube Premium. Mm -hmm. I think that that's the thing that really bothers everyone, right? You go on your phone, you pull up the YouTube app, you start listening to something, you leave the app for a second to go right. check an email or whatever, and the thing pauses. Then you got to go back to the app, start it up again. Now, if you don't want to do that, you pay their, their YouTube premium fee, whatever that is, 12 bucks a month. But Tom, that, that YouTube premium fee and the existence of YouTube premium post-states the presence of podcasts. That's a relatively recent addition to the YouTube portfolio of services. So they specifically made a decision to, you know, eliminate the value proposition of podcasts from their platform. I know, but I, what I'm telling you is if any time, because look, all they've got is, it's a piece of code. Anytime they, they say, you know what, we want to own this podcasting and, and we'll get all the creators to put all their podcasts up on our... Look, you just did it. You told me it was easy to take all of our past podcasts and hit a yeah. button, and all of a sudden, they're all on YouTube. I Yeah, I agree with all that. I understand all that. But alongside uh, Google... I mean, YouTube is Google. Google has a podcast platform, and it's separate from um, YouTube. And the fact that YouTube is working on a premium direction that specifically undercuts your ability to consume audio content on the platform when you, when you flip away, as you say, right. um, literally makes the platform unfriendly, if not um, um, toxic, for uh, oh, podcasts. No, I, I agree with you. All I'm saying is, is that the platform is there. The, everything is set up. I know, and I'm telling you they're not going to do it. And they're not going to do it because, A, they have an analogous platform for podcasts, and, B, uh, that's dedicated, 
and B, they made a strategic business decision to go in another direction, and that other direction has presumably a whole lot of subscribers attached to it right now. The, what they could do is say, um, you know, we'll make an exception for audio-only content, and I don't know how they would go about doing well, that. Well, I think they might do it. I'm um, going to make a prediction. All right, there's our bet. By the <laughs> way, on this, here's, here's where, on this uh, new player, is one of the, the, the points made from someone at iHeart was, Large new content platforms like Facebook and YouTube will build best. Here's your point: will build best-in-class audio-specific products and begin to distribute podcasts on mass. I am telling you, I don't believe it. I mean, I'm not going to predict out past 2020, but I do not think these guys are going to get in the game in 2020. I think they have much bigger fish to fry. And the point I made about uh, YouTube is, you know, my evidence for it. All Here's right. another thing on that same <laughs> on that same page which I disagree with, Lindsay Bowen from Pandora. Most of the big acquisitions of podcast production houses have been by traditional audio companies, which is another way of saying radio. Um, look for more film and TV conglomerates to buy into the market, eyeing one of the three or four remaining biggest podcast players that remain independent. And again, I'm telling you, I don't believe that. No, I, I don't, don't believe that. I think it's going to happen. As I said, they're going to build their own. They're not going to buy yours. They're going to look at your portfolio of content. They're going to say, you know what? We can license our own original content. We can generate IP off our own original content. We don't have to share any of it with you. And, you know, the fact that you have a nice little show that, you know, chugs along every week hosted by so-and-so talking about such-and-such, or the fact that you, you know, occasionally drop a limited series that's true crime does not impress us all that much. Right. You know, that's, that's my thought. So, anyway, any final words there on predictions? Um... No, I mean, like you said, a lot of it was straightforward. New revenue models and strategies, absolutely, right? Corporate blogs, I mean, corp a corporate podcast. I've been talking to you about this for years. Yes, I know. You know, and I think that the final barrier to adoption, you know, having a highly secure platform and feed for internal employees, that looks right. like it's been solved. So I do believe that there's a big growth op opportunity there. Yeah, and what's interesting about that is that's essentially taking the technology and adapting it to a completely different problem, right? Right. The problem of how to communicate uh, broadly and securely with our employees, our partners, uh, via audio in a way that they can listen to anywhere, anytime. Exactly. I think that is definitely uh, going to be a trend. That's a good point. All right. Um, you're listening to Media Unplugged with Tom Asacker and Mark Ramsey. What does it mean? To have a hit movie on Netflix. Not a hit movie, Tom, but a hit movie on Netflix. What does no. that mean? I have no idea. That's why I can't wait for you to tell me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> here's the note. Let me go back to the note that I sent you that because I, I was so uh, befuddled by this. So here's the exact note that I sent that I sent Tom. What does it mean when zillions of people watch the new free fair on Netflix? What does it mean when Netflix registers a zillion views for a new Martin Scorsese movie? Does it mean all the flogging and the featured positioning works? Does it mean the movie is that good? Does it mean people are seeing it because they want to or because of word of mouth or simply because it's the easiest thing to click play to and Netflix goes out of its way to put it front and center when you enter the platform? Are there standards on, are our standards on what to watch the same and over the top as it is in, say, the movie theater. I'm sure it is not. Is it even <laughs> fair to compare the two? As you know, uh, it's common for people to compare um, the uh, uh, those two things. 
and say, well, you know, if this movie had been in the theater, it would be the it would gross a right. hundred bazillion dollars, which is utterly absurd. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's my question for you. Um, there was a piece in The Verge that uh, indicates some stats. Now, obviously, Netflix, like Amazon, is famous for not sharing anything, uh, or at least as little as possible. But Nielsen is trying to kind of back end this uh, with some, you know, potentially accurate, potentially inaccurate, like all things Nielsen uh, metrics. What are they using? Diaries? Uh, I how think do... they're uh, using a dartboard and a whole lot of darts. I mean, how do they know what I'm watching on Netflix? Uh, don't ask me the technical <laughs> question. I'll have to make up something the way they do. Okay. Of those 13 million accounts, and they're talking about Netflix accounts, 18% watch the entire movie. I, these are 13 million accounts that have some um, uh, some indication that they watched The Irishman, the new Martin Scorsese movie. 18% watch the entire movie uh, in one sitting. Now, this is a three-and-a-half-hour extravaganza. I have not seen the whole thing. I watched, I watched part of it, and my wife said to me, how many times are they going to stop to let the girls smoke? And that was the... <laughs> The point she left early we, in the movie <laughs> she i know they did it numerous times in the first 45 <laughs> minutes so um uh 18 watched the entire movie in one sitting that's about the same as bird box which as i recall is significantly shorter that's the sandra bullock movie uh even fewer made it through el camino which by the way is a terrific movie um so netflix has three types of people and i love this starters watchers and completers <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have that for books too, Tom, but we don't really talk about it, right? No, we because there's podcasts. nobody measuring it. Maybe we should measure that. We should create our way, own little measurement company for books. We'll did you know for 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 pod, by the, I've noticed in books, you and I have talked about this, that when you when you read the books on Kindle, you notice invariably that there are a lot more underlines at the beginning of the book. Oh, absolutely. Highlights, you know, at the beginning of the book, then in the middle and the end of the book, there's almost none. <laughs> Hmm, how could well, what could that mean, Tom? Um, but uh, the good news is for podcasts, people get most of the way through most of the time. So that's that's a check. Uh, but starters, watchers, and completers. Starters are the people who we might call accidental viewers, people who click play and decide within the opening seconds, you know, which is, and you know, for a, a TV show or a film, the opening minutes of a movie. Oh, that's it. Yeah. There's no content there. You're just watching everyone's vanity logo go by, right? <laughs> so uh, watchers are people who don't see the whole thing. And uh, watchers get through about 70%. And I've always, you know, I always wondered about this with, the, with, the, with you know, serial episodes of, uh, of um, my other uh, podcast that I said, how can you, you know, people are complaining that they, they don't understand something because they've watched, they've listened to 70% of it. And I said, well... You know, that's why we call the end the end. You have to get to it. <laughs> so, um, anyway. Whatever happened to that girl, Dorothy? Did she make it home? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Did she make it home? You know, <sighs> anyway, um, the funny part of this is, well, first of all, let's acknowledge that 210 minutes is too long, okay? Most people in the movie business say 210 minutes is too long. But when you're Martin Scorsese, you write your own rules, right? That's true. And um, unfortunately, at this point, the only person who's out there buying your own rules is a company called Netflix. So when Scorsese says, you know, remember, Scorsese is one of those guys who wants you to see it on the big screen. He doesn't really want you to see it on TVs. But apparently 
you know, there's money? like <laughs> yeah. there's like a hundred and sixty million reasons why he changed his mind. Exactly. Um, but he has pleaded in a recent interview for people not to watch it on their phones. <laughs> you know, and I say. What is that? That's like wrong. a three and a half hour train trip someplace, I guess. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm saying, I'm going to say, once you sell your soul to the devil called Netflix, you have to surrender um, your desire for people to see it where you want them to see it and acknowledge that people are going to see it where they want to see it, no matter exactly. what you think. Exactly. And it's just too bad, Marty. Um, so anyway, my point about what it means is, you know, is this good? Does it mean the movie's good? I think we know that, you know, based on critical buzz, this movie is good. But does it mean the movie's good? Does it mean that it's a hit? Does it mean that it's popular? Does it mean that we would go see it in the theater if it were there? It was in the theater for a blink, but people knew it was coming on Netflix, so they didn't go. What does it mean, Tom? (laughs) That's interesting. Look, the decision to watch any of these shows, right, like any brand choice, it, it's kind of below our own level of conscious awareness. It's driven by some feeling, one that creates a, a belief that the experience is going to be a good one, a positive one. And how do mm-hmm. we typically do that, right? We do it by comparison. It's kind of like when the movie and TV screenwriters, you know, they what did they pitch the alien by saying, it's like Jaws in space. <laughs> so, So your mind rapidly is asking, what's it like? Okay, I'll watch a preview. Or like you said, I'll watch the first five minutes. Do I know the creator? Oh, Martin Scorsese. Yeah, yeah, I like him. I like his work. Do I like the actors? Oh, Sandra Bullock. I like her. Is Mm -hmm. it like something I've enjoyed in the past? Oh, this is Breaking Bad. Okay, I get it. Do people like me like it? So, you know, social media buzz creates curiosity, compels you to search out and answer these crazy little questions. After all is said and done, was it a hit or not? That's the question. I don't think the Irishman in theaters would have been a hit. I don't think so. I think it's a good movie, but there's one thing to go to a movie theater and sit for three and a half hours mm-hmm. and invest that time. And then when that's over, that investment of your time, to be able to say to somebody, Wow, I am so glad I did that. That's much different than half the people I know that had to pause the Irishman to go to bed and then wake up the next day to to watch the last 45 minutes of it, right? Because you can look at that Mm -hmm. experience and say, yeah, it was okay. So it's a different different kind of value proposition When when you get in your car and you drive out to a theater or you sit on the couch and can pause something that's three and a half hours long. You can pause it to make dinner if you wanted to. It so was this that is long. the thing. It's like you know, and again, we're, you know, Netflix gathers their own metrics on this and makes their own decisions. And obviously, there's huge cachet creatively from them having Scorsese on their in their portfolio. Oh yeah. Uh, there's huge cachet in no small part because. The, they have put everything into pimping this movie for uh, award season. I can tell you because I've been on the receiving end of more tchotchkes, junk, and, and stuff uh, than I can tell you. Um, so they put a lot of money into it. Yep. Um, they, so I guess the question is, is it worth it? And what does it mean in that 
you know, there aren't going to be, I mean, how many times can they do this? How many? Yeah. Look, Mark, it was only worth it, 160 million, if they drew new subscribers into the platform that just had to see the Scorsese, the new Scorsese movie. It's mm-hmm. not worth it to give people who are already subscribers that movie, in my, in my opinion, not considering how much content's on that platform. It had well, to be done to drive new subscriptions. Well, it's going to be very interesting to see then, you know, what the change in their subscriptions in the U.S. and abroad are after, um, after you know, this fall is over. Right. I think a lot of people are going to look at that and say, well... That was an interesting experiment, but, you know, how else could you... Now, I was going to say, how else could you spend $160 million, but you know and I know that the buzz that this movie generated in the marketplace in every way uh, is probably worth $160 million. The buzz, yeah, but if it drew subscribers, because you could have taken that $160 million and done three kick-ass TV series, $50 million a pop. That's that's true, and give it to that's us. True, give it to the hell. Look here, subscribers. Here's three new, really interesting series. I'm and trying to remember what the final season of Game of Thrones was, but I'm pretty sure it was about a third or 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 a half of that. That's what I mean. So there you go. There's your, there's the evidence right there. Interesting. All right. Um, time for ransom raves, Tom. Okay, you want me to go? Yeah, go ahead. All right, I'll, I'll throw it into my, uh, I'll make it up part of that uh, 20 podcast predictions for 2020, right? So you remember when Mr. T was asked to make a prediction of his fight against Rocky? What, remember what he no. predicted? what did he say? He said, I predict pain. <laughs> That's what I'm predicting. <laughs> I'm telling you, everywhere I look online, you know what everyone's adding to their online profiles? What? Podcaster. Hmm? Oh, really? Everybody's putting it in there now. Not they're just not authors anymore, and they're not consultants, and they're not speakers. They're podcasters too. Everyone's like a podcaster. I've always been struck at how you go to the podcast conferences, and there's a big contingent of people who at, at a podcast conference who are in the category of, "I'm not a podcaster yet, but I'm thinking about it." <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're thinking about it for 2020, I'm going to give you a rant. In a rave, and a lesson, all in one. Wow. Okay, that's very complex, but I'm yeah, all ears. Gonna, you're gonna like this. So I recently. I'm paying tuned... attention today. So yes, <laughs> right. good. Go. I recently tuned in to one of my favorite podcasts. It's called Making Sense with Sam Harris. Now, Sam, he's a neuroscientist, a philosopher, a very logical guy, and his podcast is you know typical long form interview format. And mm-hmm. he has guests on there that you're likely to find on other podcasts like Joe Rogan, things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to this podcast that I've been listening to for a while, and he makes an announcement of a major change for the podcast going forward. He starts out by saying that the percentage of listeners who have supported his show as paid subscribers over the years mm-hmm. has never exceeded single digits. Now, right. I'm, not, I'm not sure what his listener numbers are, but considering that he sells out his live paid appearances around the world, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would guess they're significant. The numbers are significant. Right. In any event, he goes on to say that since he is philosophically opposed to advertising and he wasn't getting enough paid subscribers, 
And now the paid subscribers market are paying about five bucks a month. And you know how it works. You get premium content, right? Sure. All right. Yeah. So he's going to change the business model from a free podcast, again, with the premium content for, for subscribers. He's going to change it to a paid subscription model. Okay. So I'm, I'm listening and I go, ah, oh, Jesus, now I got to pay for another subscription to something, right? So from a business standpoint, and again, considering that his current model is driving awareness to his paid talks, he has a meditation app that you pay for, right. he, has, he has books, so his decision could warrant a rant, right? I might say, what the hell is this guy doing? But I don't know what his financials look like, so I'm going to trust his logic, and I'm going to rave. I'm going to say, okay, this guy's highly principled, no advertising, and he made a decision. Good for him. And then I keep listening, and here's what Sam says. He says, in fact, he's going to continue to offer the free version of the podcast. Mm -hmm. But when you're about halfway through listening to the episode, he's going to just abruptly cut it off. Halfway in, he's just going to cut it off. Whoever he's talking to, it's like, that's the end for you. So, okay. Well, so, that's, uh, that's, that's, I, I, that's actually very clever. Because, oh, yeah? <laughs> uh, no, I think it's it's clever. Because First of all, he'll find a natural break point. It won't be mid-sentence. <laughs> he'll find a natural break point, And then people get to decide, um, yeah, I, I, is this enough of Sam for me? I don't think it's clever. Listen, so I think that deserves a rant because I think it's misguided. Now, I don't know. Maybe he bought into, like, uh, Simon Siddick's deluded meme that people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. I don't even know what he's doing. But here's what I know. His purpose, his goals, his desires, that's one thing. Then he has his audience's desires, mm -hmm. which revolve around them and their feelings, their right. identity. So how do you think it's going to make someone feel? Let's say this person found this podcast, listening for the first time. He's getting into this great discussion. Now, Sam's podcast lasts two hours. So he's listening for an hour to some neuroscientist talk about how the brain works. And all of a sudden it says, and that's the end. If you want to hear the rest of the story, how it, you know, that's like watching a movie and having it stop halfway through and cutting you off. Do you want the rest of the movie? Start subscribing. I'm telling you, Mark, people are going to feel, if they didn't know it was coming, they're going to feel tricked. Well, here, I, and maybe you're right and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I guess I see it differently. I, I see it that he's not telling a, a story with a beginning, middle, and end. He's doing an interview, which an interview can be short, an interview can be 90 seconds, an interview can be two hours, an interview can be anything in between. Um, so it really is a question of how much Sam do you want to pay for? And if the answer is no more than I can get for free, then that's a fair uh, balance yeah, of value. No, no, look, this is different, though, because a lot of people do this where they say, I'm doing this interview with, with Mark, mm -hmm. and if you're a paid subscriber, we're going to do an extra hour later that builds off of that. That's not what he's saying. Yeah, but it's going to function the same way. I guess, I, but I mean... I think it's going to function the same way. I think he's going to have a natural ending, a natural close, and all the freebies will go away. You know, I, I have kind of a similar experience. I, I uh, listen uh, oftentimes to the Morning Joe podcast, which is the first 40 minutes right. of, the, of a three-hour show on MSNBC. Um, but it's only the first 40 minutes. They don't make available more than that. If they made available more than that for subscription, I probably would not subscribe. 
But because I can get that for free and, you know, 40 minutes is a reasonable amount of time and you get enough, you know, you really don't need more. Then what's and the point of it then? Like the, from the his point of it is what's the point? The point of it is, well, first of all, they throw ads against it. Okay, that's he has no one. ads. Well, that's that's a that's going to be his next evolution. <laughs> no, see, this but is why he's doing this. He's totally against advertising. He's he's he was totally against this right up until he did it. Everyone's against <laughs> everything right up until they do it. Okay, <laughs> have you not been watching the impeachment process? Okay, fine. Why don't you do your rant then? <laughs> anyway, so there's uh, I have a a, a, f a few, and I've been trying to edit on the fly here because I know we're running long. The first thing is, um, I got an email. From uh, Guy Kawasaki, everybody knows Guy Kawasaki, yeah. and he's everyone's on his email list for something, even if they thought they got off it a long time ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> sends this list, this 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 email. This is not just to me, mind you. This is a part of a larger email. But he said the the title of it is "I may be late to the game, but I've come to believe that podcasting is more powerful medium than book writing." Thus. Oh. I'm launching a podcast called Guy Kawasaki's Remarkable People, like NPR without the pledge drives, to which I say without the pledge drives yet. But I, as I read that paragraph, I thought, OK, what he's not saying, but he's actually saying is that, you know, he's done with his publishing deal. <laughs> <laughs> he has no more books to write and the publisher is not looking to him to write more. So in other words, he's between gigs. That's what this says to me. So rather than saying I'm between gigs, he's essentially saying, I've come to believe that podcasting is more powerful medium than book writing, especially when I don't have a book deal. So that's number one. Am I wrong, Tom? Am I reading too much into that? No, you're not. I just didn't know you'd do it out loud. That's all. So, <laughs> 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 so here's another one in that same category of, of things that are unsaid. You know, there's a movie that's out right now, a award season movie called Harriet about Harriet Tubman, starring Cynthia Revo. And uh, it was in the news about a week ago that uh, the writer of the film, who's been trying to shop this thing for something like, I don't know, uh, 10 years, I guess. I don't know what it was. But the screenwriter said that Julia Roberts was once suggested by a studio executive to play the role. Of so, of, of Harriet Tubman. <laughs> so. So he explained he'd been working on the script as far back as 25 years ago, which just for the record is too long to work on a script for anything. I just, <laughs> I'm sorry, 25 years. Um, according to this guy, a then president of a studio sub label. <laughs> you got to follow that thread. Praised the script and then suggested Julie Roberts to play Tubman. Quote, fortunately, there was a single black person in that studio meeting 25 years ago who told him that Harriet Tubman was a black woman. He wrote in the piece. The president replied, that was so long ago, no one will know that. <laughs> now, I read this and I thought, first of all, you know, it, 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 the, the, the only black person in the room is not the only person in the room who knows that Harriet Tubman was African-American. OK, number one. Number two, I do not believe that this went down quite the way it was described. I, I, I can absolutely see said then president of a studio sub-label, saying in jest. <laughs> said then. That was a long, a long ago. No one will know that. I do not believe that someone seriously suggested Julia Roberts to play Harriet Tubman even 25 years ago. I just don't believe it. 
Am I oh, wrong, fake Tom? fake news. You think it's fake news? I think they're just exaggerating <laughs> something that was said in jest. I could see somebody saying that in jest today um, and any more than 25 years. I just don't believe it. Am I yeah. wrong? Am I giving too much credit to the... You don't know uh, how uh, dumb people really are. <laughs> <laughs> in Hollywood? Oh, I think I have a sense. Oh, so hey, one Mike, last thing. Yeah. What's, what's the last? I was going to give a last thing. Well, I, let me do one last thing, and then Go you ahead. have a last thing, and then Go we're going to talk you. about the Apple thing. Are we going to talk about that? Yeah. All right. So my last thing, I just I did doing this research project for a, a broadcast group in the U.S., and I asked a question I've never asked before, which and I got an answer which is so interesting that I can't talk in detail about, but I'll talk more about it next year. And that is the question was, okay, audience, people, listeners of audio content on radio or elsewhere. When I say radio to you, what when when you talk about listening to the radio, what are you talking about listening to? What device are you talking about listening to it on? And you would think people would be talking about that gadget in their car. You would be shocked, Tom, how many people across various ages are talking about listening to audio entertainment and information on every gadget. So it's not that radio is being supplanted by other platforms. It's that other platforms are increasingly being thought of and described as radio. Oh, you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of like almond milk and coconut milk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. That's true. Yeah. It's milk if I say it is. It's cashew right, go milk. Ahead. Go ahead and do your last thing. Well, I, you know, I, I was ranting about poor Sam Harris about his podcast. And to be truthful, I said, let me go to his iTunes ratings and see what people are saying about okay. his decision. And some of the people didn't like it. You know, it was like, hey, of course, this is not right. He shouldn't do this. He's treating us like fools. We've been, you know, he's tricked us. He disrespected us. I feel stupid. And then I, I said, well, let me check Media Unplugged. <laughs> so I said, let me go take a look at it. <laughs> that, and, by the way, is the show you're listening to right now. And I've just never, to be clear. I have never looked at the ratings. <laughs> and there was a rating that was posted a few weeks ago. And, I, and it, was, it was funny because it was four, four stars out of five. But then I looked at the, at the, like, the headline and it said, <laughs> good and lazy. I went, what the hell does that mean? So I read it, and it says, good banter, good humor, notable insights, and it never comes out weekly, despite the host saying lines like, Mark, what do you have this week? <laughs> so I guess, it, you know, we got to listen to the audience, Mark. <laughs> First of all, I think I'm the one who says, what do you have this week? But, I think you're uh, right. <laughs> I mean this week as opposed to any other week. Oh, okay. Not this week as opposed to last week. Oh, uh, see, he misunderstood you. I need to explain myself. You. Now we get a five star. So that person has to go in and up. Yeah, By the so way, if you're listening and you posted that, go get that down. Take it down. Go fix that. <laughs> yes. And the, as for the lazy thing, I can only infer that that's a compliment. They don't mean, he doesn't mean intellectually lazy, this person. They mean lazy and they mean easygoing. Right. Oh, all right. Well, he should have put good and they must be very busy. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, um, happy holidays to you. Happy New Year to you. We'll catch up with you in the new year. Thank you, um, Mark. You too. And all of our listeners, uh, happy holidays. Uh, we're going to miss you guys because we're not going to do this. No, not next, next week. week. <laughs> like we never do. <laughs>
<laughs> That's Media Unplugged for this week. Please remember to subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts. And boy, oh boy, you better leave that review. <laughs> uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever the heck you want. You can follow Tom on Twitter at Tom Asek or Mark only if you see me in a dark street corner. <laughs> Send us your questions and comments using hashtag Media Unplugged, which, by the way, no one does. We get emails saying, why don't you talk about this? No one uses Twitter to communicate with us. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Someone yeah. should do that. Uh, if there's a media topic you want us to cover, tweet us. You can also email us at mramsey at markramseymedia.com and tommasecker at gmail.com. Catch up on older episodes at our website, mediaunplugged.net, now available on YouTube. Yay! Hooray! Just don't <laughs> flip away while you're in the middle of a show because then Tom's voice stops and no exactly. one wants that. Special thanks to the producer of Media Unplugged, Jeff Schmidt. Exciting audio for media. You can find him at jeff-schmidt.com. I'm for, I'm Tom Asak. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get the last words right. What do you have this week, Mark? For Tom Asak, I'm Mark Ramsey. Thanks for listening this week. <laughs> Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, everybody.